Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi, property sourcing profiteers. Uh, This is the podcast for you. If you are out there sourcing for profit, if you are uh, doing anything in property at all, but in particular, if you are working for investors and sourcing and selling them deals to increase their wealth so that you get paid. This is a very, very, very special episode. I've got a very, very, very special guest. Um, I put the shout out in the community for questions. We're going to have a Q&A, slightly different format today, a Q&A. And I have with me a property expert, someone, (laughs) (laughs) a property expert, someone who knows the ebb and flow, the ups and downs, the ins and outs, the back and the front of all property (laughs) issues um so this is going to be very very special uh i want you to put your hands together property sourcing profiteers for the wonderful cheryl siegler yay welcome shelly welcome thank you (laughs) so okay so this is going to be a q a session okay Uh, this is how it's going to roll we put together over the last couple of weeks some questions from our friends in the community Okay, the property community, progressive property community. Uh, to be fair, I'm a bit disappointed. We didn't get many, did we? <laughs> we could have done with some more questions, team. <laughs> okay, but the questions we got are absolutely critical to your property success. So we're going to share them with you and we're going to answer them uh, between us. So this is the format. This is how it's going to roll. Mrs. S is going to... The wonderful Mrs. S. Lovely Mrs. S. <laughs> Flattery gets you everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> is going to read out the questions because she's very good at reading. <laughs> then I am going to deep dive, deep dive into my years of vast property experience and get out the crevices of my mind to try and answer these questions. Then, Shelley, you're going to come back and correct me where I've gone wrong, <laughs> editorialise. Add on whatever, however it is you feel, okay? Right. So this is a bit of a test. We're going to see again. And if it goes really, really well, maybe we'll we'll do it again and get some more questions. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm putting my thinking head on now. Take it away, Cheryl. Question number one, who's it from? What right. is it? Uh, question number one is from Jennifer C. Magri. And I'm sorry, Jennifer, if I've mispronounced that. Jennifer C. Absolutely. Okay. Hi, um, Jennifer. What does your typical day look like? Really? <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you. <laughs> oh, very polite, Jennifer C. Um, my typical day, Shelley. Well, um, I get up at around 4.30 uh, and meditate <laughs> for, for what? <laughs> I, I then meditate for an hour, um, do my flexibility workout and uh, read, you know, read inspiring books till about six o'clock when I do an hour's... Now, this is all wrong. In there, Cheryl, I think she wants an answer in the real world. <laughs> real world, okay. Okay, so, all right. A typical day. So a typical day at home or a typical day in Peterborough? What do you think she wants? I think she means in Peterborough. In Peterborough? Yep. Well, in Peterborough, I'm generally training or preparing to do training, mm-hmm. right? So generally, I get up around half seven in the morning. Sounds about right. Yeah. No, I'm not an early riser. I'm not. Um, uh, and, and, you know, the alarm will go off at about quarter past seven. I'll 
hit the snooze button a couple of times, have a bit of a scratch, wander to the bathroom, and then I'm ready for my day, right? I'll grab some breakfast somewhere, and nine o'clock, we're rocking and rolling. So if I've got my stripy shirt on, if we're doing training, that is a full day uh, sharing, trying to help others, doing what I can if it's a multiple streams uh, property event uh, for the whole weekend, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then that's like a... It's like a Disneyland roller coaster in a tissue. But without the cues. It, well, yeah. <laughs> well, except for or the with coffee. The cues. Yeah, you've been there. <laughs> um, so you get on on Friday morning and you don't really get off, in my, you know, my perspective of it is you don't really get off till Sunday well, night. That's great. Uh, it is great, um, but I always sleep well on the Sunday night. <laughs> I do. So that's three days there. Um, otherwise I might be spend the day, a typical day in Peterborough might be spent. I get mentored, I get coached, you know, so I might sit down in relatively small groups these days, uh, you know, 10, 15 people, maybe one-to-one, uh, with key, key people at, um, progressive. I love my mastermind group. Once a month I sit down in mastermind group and, uh, Rob Moore and Mark Homer in the group, several other people, really, really cool people really cool are in that group and um i am the smallest business in the group they haven't sussed me out yet (laughs) i think they probably i don't really know why they let me in the group um so that's pretty cool um so it's so it's much and varied when i'm at home when i'm at home oh no another peterborough day investor days yes investor day absolutely key so uh, i'm now delighted to be working with progressive let's sourcing so we package deals for investors. We source some package deals for investors. So my role is very much investor facing. I work with a really smart young man called Adam Seal, mm-hmm. who actually does all the viewings. Mm-hmm. That's quite fun. Uh, organizes the refurbs and works with builders and contractors. That's not fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and basically does all the hard work. And my role is to meet with investors uh, on site, just show them what we do, give them a taste of uh, what we can do for them, how we can improve their lives, uh, find out what it is that they want, absolutely key. And, uh, you know, sometimes they want to work with us going forward, Some that's cool. And sometimes they don't want to work with us going forward, that's cool too. And sometimes the time's not right mm-hmm. and they jump on later on. Um, so between us, Adam Seal and myself, we, we package deals to friends, usually in the progressive community. Right. Um, because Peterborough and surrounding areas is really, really interesting place to invest. I was going to ask you about that. Is it principally in the Peterborough area or nationally? No, we work principally in the Peterborough area. So about 30 minutes drive from Peterborough. Right. Okay. And we are, we're only 47 minutes on the train from King's Cross. Wow. Um, now, if you go 47 minutes the other side of King's Cross, yes. you know, towards the south coast, uh-huh. house prices are completely different. Right. Completely different. So Peterborough is still relatively great value to, to buy in. So For Robert Mark, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, single let still feature. We sell 60%, I believe, right. of the properties we source are single lets. Uh, so we can do that. We, we do have an appetite or investors have an appetite for HMOs. Right. Uh, progressive Let's have fantastic management for HMOs. 
Yeah. Do, do, do Progressive provide the management? They do. Right. Um, and there's a young man called Kieran, who's currently the HMO uh, manager uh, in Progressive Let's. And I've got a lot of time for Kieran, because you know, Shelley, you yes. know, we have worked with a lot of letting agents. <laughs> we certainly have. Over the years. And, and <laughs> is it fair to say they're kind of a mixed bunch? I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> but in um, particular... Some may say more than fair. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, in particular, though... The quality of HMO management of we've found um, varies. Yeah, it's very rare to find a really good HMO manager. Right, um, progressive lets are the best HMO managers I've found. Yeah. Their systems, the way they follow up, their inspections. I mean, you can tell when you walk in to the common parts of an HMO managed by progressive lets. You can tell if Kieran's just done his fortnightly visit. Right. right? Because everything is immaculate, Excellent. right? And um, you know, I'm I'm constantly impressed. I know investors that I take round uh, the uh, HMOs that <coughs> excuse me, the HMOs that Progressive Let's Manage are always impressed when I, when I do a little visit on site visit with them. Uh, so um, that's I spend um, maybe five six days a month, you know, a day a week possibly. Working with investors, right. working with Adam Seal, uh, and um, that that works well. So that's my sort of Peter Bretine. Cool. Uh, when I'm at home, generally I'm prepping for my Peter Bretine. There's yeah. a lot of that goes Absolutely. on. Absolutely. We have to run our own property portfolio. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, that you know, it's not very intrusive, but there's always a there's always an issue yes. that, that has to be dealt with. But, you know, it's not a full-time job, is it? If that's all no. I was doing, no. you know, a couple of hours a month, really, when you, you know, a few... I know you like to write to <laughs> various <laughs> people do. on a daily basis about, <laughs> yeah, about service charges in flats and all that sort of thing. And, and then, no, it's great. <laughs> you know, you do all that stuff. What, 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 what emails have you sent this week? Not specifically, but the sort of emails. Oh, about um, forthcoming works. Um, to common parts. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> so we've saved up. The block has saved up, and they're going to give it a paint. And we, we are indeed. Right. Okay. Um, and basically, you just chase people and frighten people. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Follow up rents and all that yeah, sort. Dealing of thing. with selective licensing. Yep. It's another issue that you have quite regularly if yep. you're in a selective licensing area. Yep. To deal with issues coming from that. Yep. So my good times are in the morning. I tend to work in the morning if I possibly can. I leave the more uh, mundane stuff to the afternoon if yeah. possible. So we, we are recording this in the morning. Absolutely. Uh, because I, I just feel more uh, alive and creative in the morning. Uh, after lunch, generally, it's time for my nap. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my, that's my day. Does that, that sounds a very full answer, Jennifer C. I hope, uh, hope we covered that. What do you think, Cheryl? I think you have. Okay, what's next? What, what else we got going on? Question number two, who's it from? Question number two is from Nigel Brumpton. Nigel, how are you, Nigel, today? Excellent, Nigel Brumpton. And he says, hi, David. My question is, how did you gain Mrs S's confidence to invest in property after the cold feet episode of the couple of properties in Portsmouth? Thank you. Well, I think it goes back before Portsmouth, Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> How did I gain Mrs. S's confidence at all since 1974? Yes, I found her dancing around her handbag at a disco. 
Um, I don't know, Shell. What do you think? How did, what, what, how did you get the confidence? Having, having pulled the plug on the Portsmouth one, yeah, which I that, did. Yeah. Why did you go back into it? Why did I go back into it? I think the the first real reason, Nigel, if I'm honest, is that I realised pretty soon uh, that I've made a mistake, Nigel. Um, I pulled the plug because I said at the time I was working, I was worrying, you know, what happens if I get made redundant or something like that? How do I pay the mortgages? Um, But pretty soon after we pulled the plug, I I monitor property prices in the areas that we invest in. And it became apparent pretty quickly that I'd made a huge mistake, Nigel. So I think in honesty, uh, it became self-evident to me that I'd made a mistake. Um, David also had had has had had considerable experience in investing in property with his family uh, before we were married, um, and he he'd done really well there. And I think when I reflected on that as well, that was also another issue in in my confidence. Uh, but David was always so positive, uh, and he wasn't negative about my mistake. Well, not a lot. <laughs> A bit. It passed. It passed. Um, and I took a lot from that, that he didn't criticise me for it. And he kept on. He kept pressing me to look at other areas and to invest. And that persistence, sensible persistence, um, paid off. Fab. <laughs> <laughs> game, game over. So we are property uh, We are property investors now, aren't we, Shell? We are. Very much so. Excellent. How that helps Nigel. Who's coming up next, Shell? Uh, Dave Hall. Dave Hall. We know Dave Hall. Good morning, Dave. Uh, Dave says, when working as a couple, although you've each got your own areas of expertise, have you ever had a differing of opinion that has gone to deadlock? And how did you resolve it? Was it the flip of a coin of rules such as, one, Mrs. S is always right, definitely, Dave, and two, in the case of a difference of opinion, see rule one. <laughs> I hadn't read that before. <laughs> uh, interesting one. I d- okay, so I think it's quite rare that we get to deadlock. Very rare. Sounds like one of those TV programmes. We're in deadlock. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think we've ever done it, have we? I can't think. I think, I'll tell you what I think. Yeah. I think if one of us feels very strongly that we shouldn't do something. Yes then I think we respect that between us. I think that's absolutely true. So I might go around the garden kick, <laughs> kicking plants and small furry animals and whatever I can find out there. And not necessarily yeah. in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, if uh, speaking for myself, if you dig your heels in and say, no, that doesn't feel right, then um, we can't proceed, right? And... Um, Again, from my perspective, if I've if I see that you're you're not sure, you know, you're like you're really, really not sure, then I, I wouldn't push it forward. I, th- right? I think that's true. I think the other thing, oh, I'm getting on thin ice here, team. <laughs> I'm looking away from, not, I'm avoiding air eye contact. He is. <laughs> I think most of the um, property initiatives tend to come from me that's absolutely right so generally you are being reactive to my suggestions yes i'll come in and say hey shell this is a good idea what do you think of that yeah. and you'll say no it's rubbish or, <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not doing that or you'll say oh yeah let's have a look at the numbers right yeah. um so 
it doesn't often happen the other way around. I'm trying, I'm thinking when you, I think it's generally you're reactive to my initiative. I think it's always that. You've yeah. always been in property, whereas I came to property later. Yes. And I respect that. And in fairness, is what you do. Um, so I think all of the proactive is you, or nearly cool. all of the proactive is you, yeah. and I'm reactive. But hopefully, we sit down and go through it sensibly. Uh, it might take a little while, and you know, might have queries that you always deal with. And a little stomp of the feet. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> quite a big stomp <laughs> on occasion. I'm not yeah. doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think the only time we didn't reach deadlock, the only one where I really didn't, was worried was the Portsmouth one. Yeah, it was early days. And that was very early days, okay, my, cool. my first foray. There you go, Dave. I hope that helps. Um, where are we going now, Cheryl? Uh, we're now going to Stefan Gauci. And again, I'm sorry, Stefan, if I mispronounced no, that. I think she got it right, Stefan, didn't she? Oh. Good morning, Stefan. <laughs> um, once an offer is accepted by the vendor, how do you make sure you don't lose the deal while waiting for the investor's replies? Thanks a lot. Oh, right. Well, um, okay, so the answer, Grasshopper, is in the question. <laughs> he probably doesn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> You've got to be a certain age, yeah. If you yes. Google Kung Fu. <laughs> TV series for yes, me. Whenever. a long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> okay, so the, 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 the answer is in the question. Uh, do not wait for the investors. Now, you have to, have to, have to. I've said this hundred times, I keep saying it, I'm going to keep saying it. In your sourcing business, the first thing top of the list that you have to source are your investors. You have to have investors in place, right? And you get from them their criteria as to what they want to buy. So you've got the numbers, you've got the type of deal they want, you've got a, um, a very firm indication from them that if you go out and find it, because this is what I do, you know, in Mr. Investor, Mrs. Investor, it, you, you, this is this. You've told me what your criteria are. I will now go and look for it. And as the good book says, seek, and ye shall find. So, what's going to happen, Mr. Investor, Mrs. Investor? I am going to go and find the property, right? And I'm going to ring you up, and I'm going to say, Mr. Investor, what we're looking for? I found it. Okay, are you happy to do the paperwork? Let's proceed, right? So, um. Stefan, uh, I think that's the way to do it. The other thing you should do, and I always try to do, is have a backup buyer, a backup investor, in case um, the investor has a 1996 Mrs. S wobble on me at the last minute. Um, I will have pre-qualified a second investor. Um, so I would say if you're going to have a proper deal packaging business, you need at a minimum just two investors can move you forward. Just two. You don't need... 70,000, right? You just need two. One is your main investor, uh, and one, if the main investor wobbles, you can go to. So get your two investors in place. Then when you go and find a deal that meets their criteria, you don't have to wait, right? You can move forward really, really quickly. So have your investors waiting. Investors will generally wait. Um, what's also touched on in your question, although you don't express it um, uh, out loud, is that vendors estate agents um if you're sourcing deals it's harder for them to wait yes. right because they you know they um they need a sale and estate agents may have other people going to view that house right um if you're working direct to vendor with your direct to vendor marketing your leaflets uh direct mail whatever 
uh, then the vendor might wait a little bit longer. But in my experience, investors are happier to wait longer for the right deal. Right. Right. So find your investors first. What do you think, Cheryl? Does that answer I the think question? Absolutely. Because when I did, um, when I went around looking for properties, um, big thing, obviously, with the estate agencies, have you got the money there? Have you got the money ready? Yeah. Because that might help you if they've got three or four other people yeah. who are looking at the same property. Yeah. And if you can show them that, that yeah. you're not just saying it, um, I found it was a big plus when I went round with the to the estate agents. Yeah, I've got, I'd forgotten that. Mm. I'd forgotten your period of oh, I did? property sourcing. So um, <laughs> it, it came... Almost immediately after the multiple streams event that it we did. went to. It did. You were inspired by I Rob was. Moore. I really were. was. Yep. And Mark Homer. Yes, and thank you. And um you went out and, and you I went around the estate agents. agencies and went to them all. And you never got any resistance. Did None you? at all. No. I mean you know, you have to show people that you mean it and and yeah. you're not just saying it. Yeah. Um but I found they were very, very helpful. Yeah, you got viewings, you I got did. viewings on stuff that actually hadn't come to the market at That's that right. Point. They hadn't even printed off the particulars. And as I recall, two proposals of marriage from gentlemen of a certain <laughs> age. <laughs> I wish. Yeah. I remember. Little fella down on the seafront. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> cool. So we've done Stefan. I we think have. we've looked after Stefan. Who have we got next? Uh, gentleman Mark Penny. Mark Penny out in Welsh Wales, Cheryl. Oh. Yeah. Uh, he says, hello, Mr. and Mrs. S. I have found a property that started a major renovation many years ago and stopped suddenly. Now it's run down and will need a major refurbishment. It has a tiny handwritten for sale sign. I haven't rung the number yet. How would you approach the situation? I believe it's a possible gold mine. Thanks in advance. Okay, couple of things in the question. Right, again, grasshopper. The answer may be in the question. There's a sign with a phone number on it. I haven't rung it yet. Okay, why don't we ring up, Mark? Why don't we ring up to find out what's going on? You know, they might even answer the phone. Okay. <laughs> Things to watch out for. Um, I would need to know why the, the refurbishment stopped. I would need to know more about all the circumstances around the property. Why, why has this happened? Why has it fallen into such disrepair over such a long period of time? Uh, you say it might be a gold mine. It may well be. We don't know the numbers. Having said that, you know, it might be a money pit as well. You know, there might be significant structural issues there. Maybe that's why work had to stop. Um, I would tread carefully, proceed with caution. Yes. Um, but go, ring the number, right? If the number is dead and, and no more, right, um, and you're interested in it, the other way of finding out who owns the property might be to do a land registry search, yeah. £3. You've got the address so you can search it by the address. It should give uh, on the information you get from Land Registry the name and address of the uh, owner. Um, any mortgages outstanding? Although it sounds unlikely it'd be mortgages if it's in that sort of disrepair. You don't know, do you? So it will tell you that much, and it tells you who owns it. You can write to them, um, and if you don't get any response. What you could do is put up a house for sale sign on the property with your phone number on it. The owner will ring you before you get home. 
that's that that works usually, Cheryl. You look in the pool, Cheryl. <laughs> Why are you looking so shocked and appalled? I don't think this? you should do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's very cost effective. And um, yeah, you might get quite a lively conversation from the owner when they ring you. But, you know, that'll pass after 30 seconds or so. And then you can have a more constructive conversation but um you have to find out why it's gone into disrepair i think that's the key um if there was urgency to sell it by the owner you get more than a little sign with a phone number on so we need to know the circumstances it's a people business it's not a property business it's a people business so if you work out what the people's motivation problems uh, issues are then uh, maybe you can find a way forward mark hope that helps what do you think Cheryl? I don't think he should put the sign up. <laughs> <laughs> You're no fun. <laughs> Who's next? Um, Gabor Balok. Gabor. Good morning, Gabor. How are you? And Gabor's question is, hi, David and Mrs. Siegler. My question is, what would you recommend to read, stroke, analyse, stroke, watch, stroke, do, stroke, learn to a person who has plenty of time until his, her stroke, sorry, his stroke, her deal packaging training starts at Progressive and wants to do something useful. That's really good. Um, hope you understand my question. Thank yes. you. Yeah, a lot of stroking in the question there. Um, I do understand. So what I'm picking up, Gabor, is that you have some deal packaging training coming up. Uh, what should you do? Here's a couple of things that you could do to prepare the ground. Okay. And... Um, any uh, proper deal packaging training will cover all bases for you. Certainly mine will uh, when you come and spend a couple of days with me, okay? Uh, but in the interim, what can you do? Um, do you know about the three-foot rule, Gabor? The three, do you know what the three-foot rule is? No, tell should, me about the three-foot rule. Okay, so the three-foot rule, very, very simple. Okay, every time you get within three foot of someone, tell them what you're doing. Okay, so start telling everyone what you are going to do okay so here's here's a little mini script off the top of my head for you cable um hi i i am inspired i'm getting into property what i'm going to do i'm going to source properties for investors who want to get wealthy by owning property over time okay i am going to i i am my mission in life now is to increase the wealth of investors who uh, want to use my services and I'm going to source them property that they will keep and cherish forever that will give them great cash flow and over time will go up in value so that you know when they're sitting bouncing their great grandchildren on their <laughs> knees they will look back and say oh Gable what a great what a great guy I bought a house off him and uh, it's now gone up 500% and it's okay. cash flow for years. And, uh, you know, the fee he charged was really quite minimal, really, yeah. for the benefit that I've had. So I would start telling everyone that you do, start going to um, network events, right? Yeah. Property network events, business network events. Yes. I like business network events, Shell, because um, if you go to property network events, you mm -hmm. tend to meet property people. And mm -hmm. If you're new to property, that's going to become apparent, right? Not that we're um concealing that no but it's easier to talk to people who are even newer to property than you are you know yes. if you're one step ahead yeah. of the car well i found that when i used to go to the business breakfast you did i did tell us about the business breakfast well i used to go uh david um was a member of the the business breakfast 
organisation. Yes. And when David couldn't go, I would go. And it was actually really helpful um, because you meet a lot of people who aren't necessarily in the property business, but who want to get into the property business. Yeah. And I found the business breakfast very helpful. Yeah. So what was in line of business show? Oh, it varied. It co- You had... Um, lawyers, you had dentists, you had plumbers, um, you had decorators, um, you had a whole spectrum uh, of different areas of expertise from people, different ages. It was really useful. And also you made contacts for things like management, um, refurbs, that sort of thing. Yeah, solicitors, accountants, mortgage brokers. Mortgage brokers, people who were uh, builders, um, so it was very helpful in that regard too. Cool. Uh, but your breakfast club days came to an end. They did. Didn't, do, do you want to share? Okay. I... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Oh, so here's the thing, team. Uh, I mean, bless her, Cheryl was kind enough to substitute for me because in those days I was sourcing properties in Manchester, so I was sort of yeah. one week in Brighton, one week in Manchester, but you have to go every week. The yes. rule of the Breakfast Club is you have to go every week, and I couldn't go every week because I wasn't here, so Cheryl used to sup for me. Yes. So you used to have to get up. Six o'clock. Six <laughs> o'clock in the morning <laughs> to go and have breakfast. Yes. And network with the other people yes. there. And it was an unfortunate concatenation of events. <laughs> You're going to share this. I am. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. It was on a Wednesday, (laughs) right? And it clashed. Wednesday morning is also the Slimming World Weigh-In day, isn't it? It is. So So I would have a black coffee. (laughs) You've been eating dust since Monday lunchtime, (laughs) right? And um, you'd have to sit there and watch 30 people eat. Eat croissants and Danish pastries (laughs) and toast and and bacon. And I have my black coffee. Yeah, so that didn't end well, really. <laughs> but we moved on from the breakfast club. So, um, oh, whose question are we on? Is it Can still? I make one yeah, comment please. for your younger people who you're sharing this with? Yes. They might like to call it the one metre rule. <laughs> the one metre rule? <laughs> okay. <laughs> one metre rule. Okay. Um, yes. So just tell people, tell everyone what you're doing. You know, um, this is what I'm going to do. I'm working with really experienced people. They're going to, they're going to coach me. They're going to sh- help me through yeah. it. Um, they're going to show me exactly what I need to to get great results for you, Mr. Investor, Mrs. Investor, yeah. and um, just build a list. Get some business cards uh, from them. Build a list of people who you can then go and have coffee with when you've got more knowledge. And build a relationship with them, um, you know, because you don't you don't get the deal on the first date, right? You have to meet with people, and everyone's different, you know, five, seven, nine times mm-hmm. before they might say yes, Gabriel, yes, go and have a look and see what you can find for me, yeah. right? And as I said, um, you only need two people, so if you go to a couple of network events per week, I don't know where you're based. Um, Gable, but if you know if you're in a city, you'll find two a week. Um, if you get four business cards, just four from each event, that's yeah. eight cards a week. If you do that every week for a month, there's 32 cards a month, yeah. right? If you follow them up each of those cards and and just ask if you can you know get together and have a coffee, yeah. talk about. I used to take and, business cards all the time. Right. If you ring 32 people, I would think, even if you're um, very new to this and a bit nervous, 
you would get four people out of the 32 who might have a coffee with you. Mm. And of the four people out the thir- of out the 32, maybe one of them in the fullness of time would be prepared to do business with mm. you. Uh, those were my numbers when I started. Yeah. Right? Now, if you pick up one investor a month and you do that 12 months a year, that's 12 investors, yeah. okay, you ha- will have a business, my friend, that can earn you six figures just by doing that. So um, <clears throat> I'm not fobbing you off with a sort of fool's errand before the training. This this is a very serious thing that you should do because if you've got 12 investors in your back pocket and you walk into an estate agent and say, I've Absolutely. got 12 investors behind me, you know, show me some stuff, they are going to want to work with you. Yes. Cool. Yeah. What do you think? How's the time going? We're doing it. We've probably got time for one more right just one more let's um, do one more from yo sunshine yo how are you today and yo says hi david and mrs s um (laughs) my question is what advice would you give to a deal packager on a first meeting with an investor oh cool so it follows on quite nicely from Mm. from from the last uh from the last question Yeah, so there's basically, you've met someone, you've, you've made the phone call, he's one of your 32, okay? You've agreed to have coffee. You're going to go and sit there, what do you say? You can't, what do you say? You know, you've got somebody you've never met before, what yeah. do you say? So um, write this down, guys, if you're listening. These are my favourite question. Uh, when you go in, you complete the pleasantries and you order your soya-based frappuccino, whatever it is, yeah. with that little biscuit. and that's all settled down i look them in the eye and i say how can i help it's very helpful and the next one that speaks after that question loses okay so if you say if you ask the question how can i help do not speak Mm. okay and it might get a little bit uncomfortable and you start squirming in your chair and the investor will be squirming there'll be mutual squirming going on but eventually the investor will start to answer the question because you're there for a reason right yes. nobody we're all busy people nobody goes for a coffee with someone who they've met at a business event unless there's something in their mind yeah. they want to talk about yeah yeah so how can i help is the key question right and then hopefully the investor you'll start to draw out what the investor purpose of the meeting right can i i'm really sorry i've just <coughs> read on and, and there was more to you to cut yo off i have i'm really sorry yo uh, yo goes on to ask the knowledge is important yes. but the attitude and being prepared is key but what is being prepared um what should you bring with you and what should you cover okay um so first meeting i think we've got to cover very generally, if you can extract from the investor what they want, so that question is still very valid, okay? Um, at some point, they're going to know what your credentials are to fulfil right. that want. Yeah, yeah okay. I think I'd want to know that. You would, yes, okay? Yes, I would. Um, so if you're right at the very start, you, know, you might be thinking, well, I, don't, I haven't done anything. I've never sourced a deal for anyone. That's not going to end well. Okay, so... That might be true, but let's not start there. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm fully committed to my new property sourcing business. I go out and I 
what I do is increase the wealth of my investors. Now, I might be right at the start of my journey, but I am working with people who've been doing it for years. They're coaching me, they're helping me, they're putting all the assets, but we are physical and um, uh, physical assets that in place. Um, I'm, I'm training with them, I've got access to them. I think that's very important the access yeah, to them. Yeah. The so support. Got that support. They can give. Yes, that's the word, yeah. Shelley. Support. Absolutely. Um, I like I like a, a tip that I got from Rob Moore years okay. ago, which was putting together a little portfolio. Okay. Yeah. So you can get them on Amazon. So Rob's Rob gives this tip. He still gives this tip today. Um, Rob says get um, you know a nice leather bound. Yes. Yeah portfolio with clear polythene pockets yes so you can put your stuff in so i didn't go leather shelly i went plastic (laughs) 14.99 off amazon right you can get one of these things and you can put in there various things so if you've done some training you're going to get a certificate put your certificate yeah right um if you're working with mentors who are going to help you if you're working with me so people that work with me they can have two or three of my deals even if they're out of area, yes, right, because it will illustrate the returns that we're getting for the investors. Yes. So I'm working with these guys. These are the re- returns they get for their investors. This is what they're coaching me to do. Yes. Right. They're showing me how this works. Yes. Right. Uh, and I want to do it for you in your gold mine area. Right. And in preparation for this meeting, I've been into a couple of estate agents. I've been on Right Move. I've printed off yeah. these details. That's really impressive. Well, thank you, Cheryl. I haven't impressed no, you for I think several years now. <laughs> no, I would be impressed by that. Okay. Somebody brought that and showed me what they'd done. Yeah. So these are local properties where I think we can achieve similar numbers, yeah. right? So the prices might be higher or lower yes. or whatever. Yeah. But I can get these sort of returns, right? Because these guys are showing me how it's done. Yeah. Yeah. So you can borrow the credibility of the people who are training you. Yes. Who are helping you, who are coaching yeah. you, moving you forward. Yeah. Right. And remember, the purpose of the coffee, the meeting, is not to sell them a house. It's to build a relationship going forward where you can get the point where they want to invest right. through you. Right. Uh, they want to engage your services and pay yeah. so you. So it's the first big step in that process. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and it's an important step. And here's the thing. You have to practice it. It's like yes. anything else. Yeah. So I've done it. You will gather from my script. And I'm quite scripted. So what I've said to you, I'm looking at Cheryl now, people out there in property sourcing land. What I've said to you mm. in in this little section is what I would say to an investor. Right. And the words would be almost the same. Yes. So you've got it. Listen back. Write it all down, team out there in property sourcing, profits land. Uh, write the script down, okay? Practice it in your own words. Yes. So that you're confident when... Um, when you have that meeting. When you sit down with an investor. Absolutely. Yeah. When you have that meeting. Is that helpful? Yeah, I think it's because it inspires confidence. Yeah. If and somebody comes over as being confident in, in that, it inspires confidence yeah. in them. Yeah, and having you here actually is testament to the fact that I do mm. practice this stuff. Mm. You yes, see me definitely practice all sorts of stuff. Often, very, very often. Yeah, so if I've got a training day, I'll yep. practice yep. Um, all around the house. Yes. Yeah, sometimes. Garden. Garden. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've seen you yeah. pacing around the garden talking to yourself. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so we all have to practice this stuff, right? You yeah. never, never 
you know, too experienced to practice. This I stuff. agree. Okay, cool. Shelley, this has been great. Um, thank you so much. Have, have you enjoyed it? Very much. Cool. Well, I hope our listeners out there in property sourcing land have enjoyed it as well. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll have a look for a bit of feedback when this episode comes out, yeah. right? If they like it, should we try it again? Yeah. Cool. So thank you so much for joining us. We've enjoyed it. Hope you've enjoyed it too. Let's do it again. Keep sending in your questions and uh, we'll try and set up another Q&A sometime down the road with me and Mrs. S. How cool. In the meantime, get out there. Find your deals. We're going to sell all of them. It's going to be great. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.